I'm Lon Schiffbauer, and this is The Courage to Succeed. On today's episode, Imposter Syndrome. I'm not smart enough or capable enough to be doing this. I have no right to be here. Sooner or later, people are going to get wise to this charade and realize I have no business being here at all. If this sounds familiar, then you, along with me, are dealing with imposter syndrome. What is imposter syndrome? Well, the term was coined by clinical psychologists Dr. Pauline Clance and Suzanne Imes. It refers to a collection of intense feelings that can be best summed up as intellectual phoniness. In other words, it's the feeling that you're a fraud and have no business doing whatever it is that you're doing. And get this, imposter syndrome is associated with high-achieving, highly successful people. Weird, right? Still, those that deal with this funky mind game read like a who's who of mega successful actors, writers, performers, you name it. So what does imposter syndrome look like? Well, in essence, it can be broken down into three main categories. First, it's the feeling that you don't deserve your success and that you've somehow managed to deceive others into thinking otherwise. This being the case, you know it's just a matter of time before you're found out and unmasked for being the fraud that you are. Speaking for myself, I totally get this. If you've spent any time with me, you've probably heard me say something like, I'm pretty good at coming off as a genius for a couple of months or so, but stick around with me long enough and eventually you'll realize I've pretty much emptied my bag of tricks. Then there's difficulty accepting compliments, choosing instead to downplay your accomplishments as no big deal. This has me written all over it. I don't take recognition well, not at all. Consider some of my successes and typical responses. You've completed four Ironman triathlons. Sure, but have you seen my times? Slow would be putting it kindly. And then there's the one I attempted but didn't finish. Yeesh. You have a PhD. Yeah, but from an online for-profit university. I mean, it's a solid and accredited institution, but we're not talking Harvard here. You're a published author. Yeah, but it's self-published. By that measure, a monkey could publish a book. You speak three languages. Uh-huh and two of them really poorly. It's one thing to discount our accomplishments, but sometimes we plain reject them altogether, choosing instead to write them off as dumb luck or some other external factor, anything but our own abilities. For my part, whenever I do something particularly well, I find myself saying, phew, I could try that a thousand more times and I'd never be able to pull that off again.
Now we know what imposter syndrome is, but why is it? Why do we feel this way? Obviously, there's no way to address all the psychological phenomena at play in this podcast, but we can explore a few key causes. First, as we discussed earlier, those that experience imposter syndrome tend to be high achievers, goal setters that like to stretch themselves further than they have before. Thing is, that means leaning into the unknown, into foreign territory, which in turn means that, to a certain degree, we really don't know what we're doing. Not fully, anyway. As a result, it's easy to imagine that we're going to fail in doing anything of note or worth. Then, when we're successful, we feel guilty that we've somehow pulled the wool over the world's eyes, that we're not worthy of the success we've achieved. Imposter syndrome is also linked to a sense of feeling like an outsider in whatever arena we're playing. In an interview with Oliver Berkman on BBC Radio, Liz Bingham, OBE, a highly successful partner at Ernst & Young, talks about how as a lesbian from a working-class family who never attended university, how she felt that somehow she wasn't entitled to be in the room. It was a male-dominated industry governed by the social elite. Who wasn't watching the door and let her in? Another reason is the more we succeed, the more others expect us to be successful, to continue being as brilliant as they perceive us to be. Problem is, we don't think we were all that brilliant in the first place. And now they want us to do it again? Surely this time they'll see through the lie. Performers deal with this fear constantly, placing enormous value on the judgment of others, their audience after all. As the audience places these poor sods up on a pedestal, the fall can seem almost certain. Maybe we're dealing with imposter syndrome. So what? Well, there are some things we can do to make this nonsense a little less debilitating. So give these a whirl and see how it works out. First, make a list of your accomplishments and allow yourself to feel good about what you've done. Sure, others helped, but these accomplishments are yours nonetheless. While you're at it, keep a file of praises you've received from others and pull it out now and again. Don't discount those that say nice things about you and your work. Instead, use them to embolden you. Imagine a mountain climber attempting to summit Mount Everest. The air gets pretty thin up there, so after a while this whole staying alive thing can get pretty dicey. So now and again, our intrepid adventurer will pause, pull out a canister, and suck down some sweet, sweet oxygen. Praise and thank yous tucked away in a drawer can have the same effect when imposter syndrome and harsh criticism start to thin the air. Next, stop comparing yourself with others. When you perceive that someone else is so much more intelligent, talented, insightful, or brilliant than you, this is one of the few cases in which you're actually allowed to embrace the notion that you really don't know what you're talking about. What you perceive is more than likely a far cry from the reality that these folks inhabit. 
The truth is, we're all just fellow travelers to the grave, muddling our way through this absurd existential reality in which we find ourselves. Don't let anyone else set your benchmark. We're all on our own journey. Number three, understand that you don't have to be the best to be extremely good. Okay, so maybe comparing ourselves to others is inevitable. And sure, from time to time, you're going to come across someone that's better than you. With 7 billion people on this rock hurtling through space, odds are pretty good there's someone out there better than you. So what? Where is it written that only the best of us get to play? Just because you're not the world's foremost expert doesn't mean you don't get to have a great deal of unique value to contribute. Next, treat everything as an experiment. Sort of a, let's see what this will do proposition. This will allow you to not only go outside of your self-imposed boundaries, but also anticipate and even seek after some level of failure in the form of, well, that didn't work. Good to know. It's when we treat the product of our craft as a finished, could-never-be-better sort of object that we really internalize criticism, both from others as well as ourselves. We figure, if this is the best I could do, then I really am a fraud. But if we treat it as a goof, just trying different things to see what works, then we recognize that we're progressing along nicely, just like everyone else. Okay, so number five. Understand that swinging and missing doesn't make you a fake. Ty Cobb, one of the greatest batters in the history of baseball, had a batting average of something like, 0.366. This means that in 1,000 at-bats, he missed over 600 times. And yet that made him one of the greatest ever. In the course of doing whatever it is you do, you're going to swing and miss far more often than you're going to hit a home run. But that doesn't make you a fake. It makes you a practitioner of your craft. Finally, accept that no one deserves to be here any more than you. No one needs to give you permission to do your thing. There's no nationally recognized, federally funded governing body out there responsible for distributing licenses to those that meet strict standards and criteria necessary to call oneself an artist, writer, podcaster, performer, filmmaker, teacher, or what have you. There's no response necessary to the question, who said you could do that? Everyone out there eats food and processes it into poop, just like you as they feebly attempt to sustain life on their inevitable march to the Grim Reaper. They're no more special than you. You're doing your thing, they're doing theirs. It's all good. When you think about it, we're all faking it. So embrace the journey and allow yourself to do amazing things. And so there we are. Thank you for listening to this, the first episode of the Courage to Succeed podcast series. As you can see, there's no imposter syndrome going on here. I really don't know what I'm doing, but that's okay. I like leaning into uncertainty and trying new things. And, you know what, every once in a while, I do something that's alright, and that's kind of fun. 
I'm Lon Schiffbauer, and this has been The Courage to Succeed. Our theme music was composed by Tri Tachyon and can be found by visiting freemusicarchive.org. No changes were made to this funky little piece. I think it's just fine as it is. Don't you?